Let's get started right away. We have an interesting case that was in the United States Supreme Court this past week. Um, On Monday, the Supreme Court heard arguments in a First Amendment case involving freedom of religion and the right to pray in school. Um, And and is this a freedom of uh, religion case? Is this a separation of church and state issue? With us to discuss uh, this issue is one of the foremost experts in the area, Professor Richard Garnett. He's the founder director of Notre Dame Law School's program on church, state, and society. He writes about freedom of speech, association, and religion. He's a Yale grad, and he clerked for Chief uh, Justice uh, William Rehnquist, the late, great Chief uh, Justice William Rehnquist. Welcome to the show, Professor Garnett. Thank you so much for joining me. Well, thank you so much for having me on. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about the basic facts of the case that was argued on Monday? Yeah, so Coach uh, Kennedy was a, a football coach out in Bremerton, Washington, uh, near Seattle. And he, uh, he was the coach there for a number of years. And he had a practice after every game of um, uh, once the you know final whistle blew, he would go out and kneel at the 50-yard line and say a, say a brief prayer. And this went on for years, and there was never um, any controversy about it. But then at one point, I believe it was in 2015, um, somebody from another uh, another team said something to the principal of Coach Kennedy's school, and then um, the wheels of discipline sort of started in motion. And so eventually uh, Coach Kennedy was, was terminated because he refused to end this practice. And, um, you know, the, the, the question before the court uh, is whether the district violated Coach Kennedy's First Amendment rights when it disciplined him for engaging in these brief prayers. Let's just be clear about this, and a lot of people get confused about what First Amendment really means. Had this school uh, for which Kennedy uh, uh, worked, would that have been, if it had been a private school, and the private school said, we're not going to allow you to do certain things, like even prayer, um, would that be a different story than what we're talking about now? Yeah, for sure. Um, a, you know, a private school is not directly governed by the First Amendment, uh, so they can have different rules for their coaches and employees and so on. I mean, the, there are discrimination laws that apply to, to private schools, but yeah, the, the reason why this case is uh, significant and the reason why it's a constitutional case is because um, the Bremerton School District is the government, and the First Amendment controls what government officials are allowed to do when they're uh, punishing employees for uh, protected activity. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, uh, prayer in school and, and separation of church and state. Let's just say that Coach Kennedy, instead of going out to the 50-yard line and praying by himself on the field after the game, let's say before the game and during the game, he would huddle with the players and he would lead them in prayer. How would that be dealt with by the law as we have it now? Yeah, probably a different case. I mean, it's pretty well established that um, public school teachers and and coaches count as teachers. Uh, They're not allowed to um, to coerce or to you know pressure public school students into participating in religious activities. And of course, public schools are perfectly entitled to tell their employees that they have to do their jobs when they're on the clock. Um, This case, some of us believe, is different because uh, Coach Kennedy was uh, engaging in what was really sort of personal 
religious activity, but, you know, again, at the conclusion of the game. And the fact that some, you know, over, over the years, sometimes people would come to join him and then students would join him and players would join him, but it was, it was voluntary. It wasn't part of the curriculum. It wasn't part of the school day. Um, that makes this a different case. So there has been some commentary that, uh, you know, the Supreme Court is about to um, reinstate you know, government-sponsored prayer in public schools. That, that's, an, that's not the case. Um, this, this is a case not about curriculum, not about official school activity. It's a case about protecting the private religious expression of people who happen to work for the government. So let's talk about, uh, I've seen cases in the past where the teacher maybe is sitting in the classroom before the class starts and say he reads from the Bible uh, to himself. Yeah. You know, before the yep. bell rings, right? The students are c- coming in, and he's sitting there uh, reading the Bible. It, how how would you parse that case as far as his right to free speech, or or at least to uh, freedom of religion, um, versus the issue of separation in church and state? Yeah. So, I, um, along with some of my students, we did a uh, a brief in this Supreme Court case, and we cataloged a number of these examples, and we tried to make the case that it doesn't make any sense to say that um, a public school teacher loses the ability, let's say, to say a brief prayer before lunch just because a student might see him. Or what if a public school teacher, you know, goes to mass on Ash Wednesday and, you know, gets some ashes on her head? Uh, Does she have to scrub her head before she goes into the classroom? In our view, um, that's not what the separation of church and state requires. The, um, that concept, uh, which is an important one, is designed to make sure that the government itself is not directing religious activities. But we don't, we don't want to take that concept to mean that just because somebody happens to work for the government, they lose the right to engage in uh, religious expression on their own time. Um, you know, we wouldn't, I think most of us in the United States wouldn't want to have a rule that just because you're a government worker, you can't, you know, wear a hijab or a yarmulke or a crucifix. And so here too, if, if a public school teacher crosses herself before taking a bite of her sandwich, that's not a violation of the separation of church and state. We're talking to Professor Richard Garnett, uh, who is with Notre Dame Law School. If you have any questions or comments about this, please give us a call, 312-981-7200. And when we come back, let's uh, hear a little bit of the argument and a little bit of uh, Justice Kagan asking some pointed questions that I want get, to get to uh, on the other side. You're listening to WGN. We're talking about the right to free speech and freedom of religion with Professor Richard Garnett from Notre Dame Law School. Um, We're talking about a case that was argued on Monday uh, in the U.S. Supreme Court about a football coach who prayed after the game in the field, and the question is whether he had a right to do that or whether it violated the separation of church and state. And what we're going to do now is play just a little bit. The first thing you're going to hear is the opening argument of the of coach kennedy and then you're going to hear uh, who i believe is justice uh, elena kagan uh, ask some questions uh, let's play it andrew when coach kennedy took a knee at midfield after games to say a brief prayer of thanks his expression was entirely his own that private religious expression was doubly protected by the free exercise and free speech clauses When the school district fired him for that fleeting religious exercise out of endorsement concerns, 
it not only violated the First Amendment, but it, it ignored a veritable wall of this Court's precedents that make clear that a school does not endorse private religious speech just because it fails to censor it. And now we have, uh, we have Kagan. Do you want to play a little bit of that? The idea of why the school can discipline him is that that puts a kind of undue pressure, a kind of coercion on students to participate in religious activities when they may not wish to, when their religion is different or when they have no religion. So, Professor, I, I, I sense that I sense that you, and again, you know, I try not to get super opinionated on this because I think that everyone should make up their own mind about what's right and wrong. Uh, obviously, the Supreme Court is going to weigh in, and they're going to be right no matter no matter what, what which way you think you're right. But let me just play devil's advocate on this, and and if you are going to take the position that he wasn't, he didn't, he this coach was doing this after after the game so and he didn't tell the, the team that he that they had to do this they certainly weren't required to do it and it wasn't a group activity so therefore it wasn't a church or wasn't a religion um, a government-sponsored religious event but Justice Kagan brings up a point do these kids feel compelled could they feel compelled to join in because maybe they want to curry favor with the coach maybe they want to start the next game and so they think that if they participate in this and maybe uh, that they're going to get an advantage or maybe they think you know the team is together they want to be part of the team and they don't want to be left out what do you make of that argument yeah well uh, justice kagan is uh is one of the court's most gifted uh questioners so um i agree with you that that she really honed in on a key issue well, one thing i'd say is that it's important to remember that coach um coach kennedy was not disciplined because of any of these concerns about coercion. This was not the uh, theory that the school district invoked. Um, At the time he was disciplined, the school district said that the separation of church and state requires us to forbid you from engaging in this activity, regardless of coercion, just because people might get the wrong idea and think that the district supports your prayer. So the district has kind of changed its argument uh, between the time they disciplined the coach and now. But putting that aside, uh, Coach Kagan, sorry, <laughs> Coach Kagan, Justice <laughs> Kagan is certainly right that um, the government is not allowed to coerce people uh, to participate in religious activities. The thing is, in this case, there isn't any evidence uh, that Coach Kennedy ever said or did anything that could have caused anyone reasonably to think that, that he was insisting or requiring or, uh, you know, encouraging, incentivizing anybody to engage in this kind of activity. But couldn't, but couldn't the students be, think sorry, that? Yeah. I'm sorry, I, I, I'm, I'm being, I'm putting on my lawyer hat today on Law Day. No, uh, no, no, it's your show. <laughs> but it's, uh, couldn't, the, couldn't you make the argument that even if the students didn't come out and say, I felt compelled to join in on this prayer, couldn't, isn't that just reason enough? Like, you know, just the idea that your coach is out on the field doing this, others are joining in perhaps or not. Yep. And, and there is a feeling of, of compulsion to, to join in with something that maybe you're just not comfortable doing because you're of a different religion, or maybe you don't even just want to do it because you don't want to be part of that. Yeah. So, so my, my view would be that, um, you know, we, we have to recall that Coach Kennedy, although he, you know, is, is a, is a coach, he has a, a First Amendment right uh, to express his religious beliefs. And it seems to me that if there's no evidence that he ever 
said or did anything um, to suggest that he expected players to do this or wanted players to do this or, you know, that there was any kind of playing time consequences, that it's, it's going too far to discipline a public employee because of the sort of hypothetical speculative possibility that someone might have felt um, pressure, even if Coach Kennedy wasn't doing anything to impose that pressure. But he was going out there and kneeling by himself. And, I mean, can, I, can we rule out the possibility that, that somebody might have thought, hey, maybe I can, you know, curry some favor if I participate in this too? I don't think you can rule out that possibility. But Coach Kennedy didn't do anything, uh, I think, objectively, that could have given rise to that that sort of concern. And, and again, we want to be clear, it, it's it's settled. All the justices agree, you know, left, right, red, blue, up and down. They all agree the government is not allowed to have its employees uh, coerce people into participating in religious activities. But again, there really isn't any evidence of that in this particular case. If there were, it'd be a different case. And I suppose to me, like I look at this as either he didn't do anything, but just the mere fact that he's the coach, he's the one who controls who plays. He's the person they're yep. looking up to. He's the person who uh, controls the whole the whole team. He's on public property. He's right after the game. It's it 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 seems to me that even if I were a Muslim and this and he and Kennedy is a Christian, I would feel compelled to get get into that huddle and get it near him and do what I'm supposed to do t- in order to be part of the team. Again, you know, we could go back and forth on this, but I think your mm-hmm. your your fact here is correct that what that, that's why this case is so interesting because it doesn't have any coercion. Well, so much of these cases uh so rather so many of these cases uh hinge on, you know, nice details of factual context and so on, but it's it's worth kind of um uh pushing out the the hypothetical here. So, you know, what if there's a player who thinks, hey, I know that Coach Kennedy goes to, uh, you know, First Methodist Church downtown. I'm going to go and show up and sit in front of Coach Kennedy uh, at First Methodist on Sunday in the hopes that he'll see me there and give me some more playing time. Um, Nobody would say that that Coach Kennedy has to stop going to church. Nobody would say that's coercive. And so, and at the same time, I think, uh, n- nobody on Coach Kennedy's side of this particular case would say that it was okay if Coach Kennedy stood up uh, in the pregame, you know, locker room meeting and said, "Here's the deal: uh, anybody who wants to start, uh, kneel down and say a hail mary." You can't, you can't do that either, right? Um, these cases are what makes them interesting is they're they're in between. But at least in my view, um, this is a case of Coach Kennedy's protected private First Amendment rights. And again, he's not engaging in coercion. If he did, it'd be a different case. And it's it's a mistake, uh, and we should all, I think, worry about the government being able to punish public employees based on the speculative possibility that somebody might see them engaging in religious activity, like saying a grace before meals, you know, wearing a hijab in, uh, on the job, what have you. Um, we don't want we don't want public employees being sort of uh, uh, forbidden from those kinds of non-coercive expression just because some people might get the wrong idea. Yeah, and well, let's let's talk about a few <clears throat> factual issues, and maybe you can bullet point a few of these um, before we have to take a break. And and I'm just going to kind of ask you where the courts have come down on it. So, if you're a sure. teacher in a public school and you want to wear a cross around your neck, can you do that? Yep. 
Okay. Nothing wrong with that. And what about the prayer in school? At first, we had uh, issues where some schools were having a minute of prayer before school starts. Uh, and then there's also the issue of the moment of silence. Where do the, have the courts come down on what is constitutionally um, protected? Yeah. So the, uh, there were some cases in the 60s that got rid of what had been longstanding practices of having, you know, officially sponsored as part of the school day, as part of the curriculum, government composed prayers or like mandated Bible reading. So those those went out in the 60s. That's not permissible anymore. The moment of silence issue is a little um, muddy, but I, I think I think it's fair to say that it's permissible to say something like, uh, okay, students, before we start off, you know, with math, let's take 30 seconds to compose ourselves or something like that. That, that, That's permissible. And it's certainly permissible for students to, uh, to pray on their own. They can't be disruptive, obviously, but if a student wants to, you know, say the bless us, O Lord, and these thy gifts prayer before, you know, she has her lunch in the cafeteria, that's totally permitted. Um, And if students want to talk about their own religious faith in a way that's, again, it's appropriate, non-disruptive, non-harassing. Um, that's that's all fine, too. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Professor Richard Garnett from Notre Dame Law School, thank you for weighing in on this, and I guess we'll wait and see what the Supreme Court's going to do. Take care, have a you good sure rest of your Sunday, and happy Law Day to you. Thank you.